Show. Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to the Daniel Baldwin Show. This is Anthony Munoz. Hi, this is Bruce Smith. Hi, this is Cornelius Bennett. Jim Kelly, you're listening to Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey, it's Dean King. This is Chris Berman, a.k.a. The Swami. I am predicting that you are listening to the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. A woman on the radio. Strap it on, Foley. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Hey, now. Welcome to the big show. With all kinds of things, just things floating up in the air, aren't there stuff? Is this it has a it has a weird energy to it today. It's, it's funny. School got canceled, kids, because of wind and blizzard conditions up in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. That blows. <laughs> hey now, count it, count it. It's good. Um, so, you know, the kids had to come with me, and they got to go to my sister. Paulie and I are taking a road trip. We're heading down to uh, Carolina for the Syracuse Carolina game. Um, you know, always exciting to be in a in a four wheel drive vehicle with you, Paulie, for nine ten hours at a time. Do you see it? It's right outside the window. You got the big. You went big boy this time. Yes, you I went big boy. And don't you feel better about it? Don't you feel better about having I the big boy? I don't care what I drive in. I'm. I'm I've had a, the big boy my whole life, and I've always felt better about it. Ta da! I'm not a prima donna. You guys splitting the you splitting the driving duties, or what's the plan here? No, I usually just drive the whole. You way. know, Mole likes to drive. Um, it allows me to operate the camera. I haven't really seen his camera skills very much because, but. There will be some, I'm sure there's going to be some tasty. Oh, we've got no Nicky kneecaps sleeping in the back the entire drive. Have you heard from Caps at all? Does he call you, send you letters? No. I haven't heard anything from yeah. Caps. <laughs> wow. Why haven't I heard from him? I haven't I heard from Caps. Yeah. I haven't heard a word from him. Hey, thanks for the opportunity. I didn't hear you. from him um, when he worked here. He sat here and didn't say a word. Yeah, I don't, I don't hear anything from the Cap man, the Cap master. Um, couple of different things uh, uh, to talk about. Uh, Intellipure and Wildcat are going to be sponsoring our segment uh, going down there. Two times we'll be we'll be doing the show tomorrow morning uh, from the hotel. Muhammad is all set. All right. Muhammad is ready for you. He's going to hard line you in and do oh, the whole the same thing. hotel you were at last same time? Same hotel for Duke. Very nice. We got Muhammad on the team. Paulie goes, yeah, have you talked to Muhammad, man? I just want to check in with you, make sure you talk to him, got it all set up. Go, Muhammad's my boy. Come on. What's around with you? Uh, Vinny Lobdell from Intellipure will be uh, coming down with a buddy, John, friend of ours, uh, and he'll be uh, at the game. He's going to come do the show. I think I think Weitzman's going down, so we'll probably pop Adam on the show, too, um, see what's going on. Griff. Coach Griff will be on. Demo. Coach Griff's coming down. Are we going to get any other coaches on? I'm Coach, sure Coach Beheim coming down to say hi? <laughs> now, voice of the Orange Map Park would probably join us. If oh, I'd love to have him. the voice of the Orange Or Map Coach Sadlin, one of the... We, we could have them both on the show. We got room. We got room for Coach Sadlin. It's a Bonaventure fam. Uh, so I got a couple other things uh, um, to talk about in this first segment. Um, so now you were there, Paulie, and I was there. Uh, Josh, I don't know if you watched. Uh, um, uh, but as I predicted, Coach Beheim's reception um, when he walked out on the court was thunderous. For the Duke game, yeah. Thunderous for the Duke game. Absolutely thunderous. Paulie, you put your phone away. <laughs> wow, the tables have turned. I know, haven't they? The tables have turned. Haven't they turned? Mm-hmm. Wow. What do you got? You setting up some action for Carolina? No. Okay, keep going. <laughs> so what did you think of the reception for Coach? Oh, it was nice. You know, it's, I, don't, I don't know. Like, it was nice. It was a nice moment. It was a nice big family Yeah. Big family moment, showing their love for Coach Payheim. I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, on the other hand... Um, I mean, you can say this of a lot of games, 
Um, but Syracuse shot terribly. <laughs> they just, you know, they just didn't shoot the ball well. They the got second some... half, Duke showed why Duke is Duke. I, they you really know what put I, on a clinic. I, I'm normally the negative Nelly. I took away from that game. This team could go to the Sweet 16 again for sure. For sure, they hung with Duke. Yeah, you know, again, yeah, yeah, yeah. they've already beat right. them once. Fifty fifty in the second half. Yeah, it was, you know, it was a few, you know, few more shots go down in the second half, and this team wins which, twice. Which, which I wish we could replay what I said the day before the game because I said, listen, what this game boils down to. When we were talking about, oh, by the way, the betting line on the game came out four and a half points. Dinner, mm-hmm. mine was more dinner. accurate. Thank you. Dinner, yeah, sure. Yours was more accurate. What was yeah. yours? What seven? Your, you said seven. Yeah, you said seven. I, I should be, be under. I should be the one making lines. What do you think Not about the poor Vegas. kid that, that got his red shirt taken well, away? I said, his... well, well, yours is more accurate. I said, no, it should be between four and five. And it came out four and a half, which is exactly between four and five. Yeah, my Thank you. Thank you. Um, you can work for me at my new company, setting the line. Uh, so, so what I said before the show was, um, before the game, rather, was that what this game will always boil down to, I mean, we're getting down to the end of the season where there's not going to be any giant changes in the team or how we're going to play. There's tweaks that go on during the game and at halftime, you know, to to deal with things that may come up. But you're pretty set on how you're going to play and what you're going to do against Duke and so on, or any team, because they're scouting them before the game. And it's not like it's uh, some mystery what, what, what comes out on the court against you. What I did say, though, was the difference between the game will boil down to this. If you take a team like Duke and you can play our zone against them and get them to shoot eight points, eight percentage points less than they normally. I mean, if they're 42% and you get them down to 30, 34, and you shoot eight points better, you're going to win the game by four. You know, that's, 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 the, that's it. That's what it boils down to. So when you're worried about what you can do about the outcome, is when you see that we're not executing the strategy well and we didn't have open looks, we forced shots, we made poor decisions distributing the ball or whatever. That really wasn't the case. What it boiled down to was, you know, if Buddy hits two more and, and two other guys hit three more, you know, we, we've won the game by eight. You know what I mean? And, that, and that's what it comes down to. You know, you get frustrated as a fan when you're watching the game and that one guard came down <laughs> Um, and and just kept sticking. And every time he get the ball, I go, and there wouldn't be anybody on him, and I'd start screaming, "Do you gotta guard him?" And he did, he dropped like five three pointers on us, and uh, and and he was a, a big difference too. So um, I mentioned that if they move, they rotate their feet on the on the um, on the zone and get out on the three point shooters and at least get a hand up uh, and shoot a little bit better, we win the game. Well, in the second half, we did not shoot well. Uh, and this one kid, I can't think of his name, from Duke, um, he just shot the lights out in the second half. He must, he must have hit four threes in the second half. So, And that was the difference. Um, you know, we, we, we got to turn that around. We got to start knocking down shots, especially when we're, we get open looks, you know. Um, and, and if we can do that, even, like I said, we're talking about three more shots. We had nine more points. You know, we're, we're, that game's a barn burner. We're going to overtime. What was the final score of the game? I don't. I don't even remember. I'm, I walked out when I realized that. Oh my! You did out. what? I walked out. Seventy-five, sixty-five. Yeah, it was ten points. That's what I said. We're three more threes, and and we didn't shoot. We we didn't in the first half shoot well from the foul line either. It was kind of weird. We were missing some some pretty easy shots, uncontested foul Dolezal shots. Dolajai had a couple good looks. I liked him in the first half. I did. I liked Dolajai in the first half, and then he went back to sleep. Um, he played great. 
they anybody were, that's got an issue with Dolajai is insane to me. You're insane. The, the kid, insane. The, the kid goes uh-huh. out and plays his heart out. He, he does. He does. He's a stat stuffer. And, a stat stuffer. Yeah. I, I, I thought they played okay. They just I missed did, shots down the listen, stretch, and there's nothing to worry about. Right. Well. No. Except for North Carolina's coming right, up tomorrow. Exactly. So. There's nothing to worry about. But if we go out and we play the same game that we played at Duke in the second half, we're going to lose to Carolina by 10. So. Carolina's a... I don't know if I'm right or wrong about this, but I think we've lost like five or six in a row to them. They're a tough matchup for Cuse. They can they can pass, they can hit the jump shots and the the little fifteen footers from the top. Well, of what's key. gonna yeah? What's gonna I think be a big difference and a determining factor in this game against Carolina is going to be Chuk and and Sidibe. Um, how, how they handle May and some of the people that can get physical underneath. And, and on the boards, if we, if they're missing or we can create missed opportunities, we have to get the rebound. We have to get the rebound. You, we cannot give them those second second look opportunities. And it's not like Duke. You have to. And this is a crazy thing to say because Duke's the number one team in the country. You have to guard everybody on North Carolina. Yeah, you can't you can't slack off people, and you got to get out. The center's going to have to be able to get up. Yeah, they got the five guys that'll you, score twelve. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah I mean? get up and jump, stop the jump shot, then get back rebound. You know, so it's. It's not yeah. going to be easy. Yeah, that's going to that's going to be a challenge. Um, and you know what? If you lose to Duke in North Carolina, it's not the end of the world for anyone. You know, most well, teams are going to do that. So, well, I think when we looked at it in paper after winning the Louisville game, we discussed the um, what's the the probability of us beating Duke a second time in one season, even though we had them at home, and we were in that game. We you know we we were we were tied we were tied maybe even had the lead for a second in the second half. So we were in that game for sure. Um, going down to North Carolina and playing at North Carolina is not going to be favorable situation. Although we have played well on the road, but by beating Louisville and it has put us in a position, I think that if we beat Wake and we beat Clemson, we're done. We're going to the tournament. I think you only have to beat one now with the Louisville win. So. Yeah, what I'm look what I'm looking at in that though is the difference between playing as a nine and playing as a six seven. I think we still have a shot. Certainly, if we beat Carolina, um, yeah. you know we got a shot to. Well, well, that, you know, that's a that's a that's a pretty big difference. If you come in at a ten, you know, eleven, twelve ish in there, then you got to you know you got to play some pretty good teams early. We, we I'd like to get in there against a you know a Coastal Carolina and and a and somebody else. You know? well, I think even if you're a seven or a six, you're playing, you're playing somebody good. There's no you know, there's no easy way out. But let's just get in. Oh yeah, we're gonna get in. We're that's gonna my that's my main my main concern. Let's get in. We're gonna definitely get in, and 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 uh, it it is one of those one of those teams. I think because we beat Duke and we've played well against Duke, we beat Louisville and Ohio State, and you know we've beat a few teams that were you know in the top twenty. Um, I think it's not gonna be any surprise when anybody plays us. I mean, no one's gonna like in other years. It seemed like oh yeah, Syracuse they're, they they've been good before, but they're not that great this year. They're not a secret this year. People are gonna people are gonna look at playing us, going, "Hey man, we got to take this seriously." They know what we can do. Am I a glutton for punishment too? Because when at, when that game ended last the other night, I wanted Syracuse to have to play them again in the ACC tournament. I go, I want to see these guys go one more time. Because those games, the games have been fun. You know, if I was to look at that and I would say that we want to have the third game in the series, I'd rather have it be in the tournament. I'd rather have them meet up in the 16 or something somehow and have us beat them there. You know, that would be because going into the tournament, 
when you're a team that's a higher seed and you know you're playing one of the Giants, it can be intimidating. Syracuse is not going to be intimidated playing Duke. They're not going to be intimidated playing anybody. But, but, so. I'm, but I'm just saying, you know, they're certainly not going to be intimidated. They've beaten them. So, we, you know, they're in the locker room. That's fuel of that conversation. Hey, you guys went down to their place. You beat these guys already once. You were in the game in the second half, and, and, and you let it go. We know what we can do against these guys. And listen, Duke's going to know we beat them. It's, there's more pressure on the team that's a one or a two seed playing a ten in the Sweet 16. There's more pressure on Duke, for sure. They're expected to win the game. I'm just saying as a fan, I think the two games have been awesome, and I would love to see right. them match I'd up. I'd love to see it in the tournament, though. I'd, uh, because I just want to see a third matchup. I don't care where it is. I want it in the tournament. <laughs> I want you to stop talking. I, I'm listening to the sports show that's happening over here. <sighs> you love it? I enjoy it. We're going to come back from this break. We're going to play a little So What? Get Josh involved in the mix. Uh, we've got... Uh, a little discussion, perhaps, after so what about the Orange Out? What an amazing event that was. That was a lot of fun. It was. It was a lot of fun. It was really compelling radio. It was interesting to you know, put faces to names I, I had not really known, Etan, and I got to spend some time with him. Did you guys have your three-point shootout? No. He, you chickened he, he out? For, he forfeited. You chickened he out. Forfeited. <laughs> he forfeited. You couldn't get further he, away he watched, from that basket. He, wa- he watched. No, I went and shot. With, I was shooting. He and I shot around. I went down there and shot with Josh. He put him up. What does that, that mean? He put we, both, we both got one Josh, in. Josh, we both got one. Josh and I were sticking. One in? How many did you shoot? Like three. Yeah. It was like one for three. You're both lying. Yeah. Josh was on fire there. Thank you. I got to say that. Thank you. Everything hit. I got to say that. Everything hit. I saw you bank one in. Yeah, it was great. Bank was, it was on one Saturday. of those loose, <laughs> yeah. those loose things where you yeah. could throw the ball as hard as you want to get the backboard and just it was like a scud. <laughs> it's like a scud hit it and it was shaking. Yeah, you ever see a missile ricochet <laughs> off something and then blow something? Sometimes up? I don't know my own strength. That's but the listen, problem. He, when you're as built uh, as I am, it's he, hard to. He can't help it if he can shoot a variety of shots yeah, from right. three point range. Depends on the like, coverage I got. It was on like me. Tim Duncan's soft touch, but it was. Hard and horrible touch. Oh. <laughs> it went in. Hard and horrible. It was like it hit a sponge. There's a, there's a phrase mm-hmm. to keep with you for the right. rest of the day. And it just dropped Hard in. Hard and horrible. All right. I'm sure you both shot great. Shot the lights I waited. I, you know, I called Eton out. I waited down there. You know, I didn't want to have to take the forfeit money on the bet. Yeah, he was scared, I'm sure. <laughs> that's, that's he, little... he was a little frightened. But you know what was really scary about him? Did you see his son? His son's like, you know... Dreadlocks above my height. He's twelve. He's going to be a really big kid. Hopefully, we can get him in a, an orange uniform. Then. Oh my God, he was he's, he's a big kid, and he's got skills. Etan said that are be- better than his. So uh, yeah, that was um, that was interesting to see that that bloodline coming up. Uh, all right, let's go to break. We'll be back. And we'll play. So what? I'm so excited. It's time for. I, um, I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control, and I just can't... Um. So what? It's unlistenable radio! You understand the me? Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey, now. And we're back. You gonna put a ton on? Yeah, we got a ton on. What's up, big man? How you doing? Blessed by the Lord every day. You know how I am. Definitely. So we were just talking, going into break, how Daniel uh, skipped town and didn't have the three-point shooting. I was on the three-point shooting lane. I, talked to, I spoke to Etan's son, um, and uh, which, by the way, how old is he? He's 13. Oh, my God. He's going to be bigger than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a little tall for his age. Oh, my goodness. And I turned around, <laughs> I looked at him, and, I, and he was above eye to eye. I'm 6'1", and he, you know... Looking at him, and he's eye level, and I th- and I said to Tony, "Go, wait a minute, how old?" Because <laughs> he's got such a young face. But you look at his body already, and you think he's you know eighteen. And so I, 
He says, no, he's 13. I went, uh-oh. <laughs> and he's got a skill set, too, huh? Yeah, not bad. He's learning. He's oh, learning. man. Now, do you go out there and you work with him, or does he not want that from dad? Well, I'm actually his AAU coach. So oh, okay. um, I coach the team. So I'm out there working with him all the time. And I always check in with him. I was like, all right, you sure you want me to keep coaching you? He was like, yeah, of course. So it's a lot of fun. I, I enjoy coaching him. What's it like now? I don't even know how to word this question. What's it like now coaching on the AAU circuit? Is it is it as bad as it seems from the outside? How how are the parents nowadays? And well, it, you know, I do things a little differently. And the reason why I started coaching is because I saw how bad it was. I mean, I make all of the parents sign a um, you know a conduct form, a contract. The same with the players. And there's a certain way that they have to act because what I see players do, I'm not going to have on my team. And I see players do. I'm not going to have on my team. And you know, I just do things a little bit differently. But it's it's you know what I he always calls me um, Coach Carter uh, from the movie. Right. He said that's kind of how I am, and I am. You know, they have to have a certain they have to take care of their schoolwork, or they'll be um, academically ineligible for the weekend. They have to sit there in their shirt and tie. You know, I just do things a little differently. That's good stuff. Let's do a little so what. So what brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus. Catch the remaining SU action in all sports on their big screen TVs. Vote a best sports pub in Central New York by the Syracuse New Times. Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus. Well, we're on the bubble watch as we are about this time of year. And according to ESPN, as of this morning, they put Syracuse University as should be in. What does that mean? Should be in. Just should says be in. should be in. That's the ESPN breakdown of it. That's should pretty, be in. Yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, they have a whole site called Bracketology that gives you like the the numbers. It's shown everything. as an eight or nine seed. Okay, change, see, there we go. That right. position could they change. Should be. In. They have it well, broken eight, down. Eight, in eight or sentences. nine seed is a lot better than should be in, and it that's says, and that's not exactly a bubble position well, okay. either. All right, they have should be in. bubble. <laughs> they have should be in. They have work to do. I'm just reading the columns off ESPN.com. Well, let me tell you something. We work for ESPN right now, and if they should they need somebody to do a little better than should be in, yes, as a description of the team, you know, like you know, uh, uh, College of Charleston should be in. You know, what I mean, but but they're they're certainly when you when you say should be in, and then you're in the top ten in seeds, that that's a lot of other teams that you're ahead of. But but with that said, um, we were talking to Todd about. Um, the difference between and now you've experienced this, so let's go to somebody who actually knows. Um, I think if we just beat Wake, uh, Paul, you say if we beat Wake or Clemson, we're for sure in. I think if we beat those two, which we should, um, is it a major difference? Do you think coming in as a nine and eight versus going in as a thirteen fourteen? Oh yeah, definitely. It's a difference. I mean, you're you're playing the actual you know top seeded teams right off the back. Um, when you're when you're in the lower seats, but I mean, you know, the, the the thing about Syracuse and they've had different we've had different times where we we kind of was on a bubble and we came in and then we made a lot of noise during March Madness. And I I definitely see this team as being capable of doing that, but it all depends on which team shows up. Yeah. And as we've seen this season, you know, sometimes it's a tale of two teams. Yeah, and the, and the worst Syracuse will be is probably a 12th seed, I think, the way it works out. And, of course, Josh, just to help you out, according to bra- Bracket Matrix, go ahead, Syracuse is a 8th seed and in on 101 out of 101 brackets. They should be in. Yes. They should be in. <laughs> they should definitely be in. Yeah, they should be in. That's right. Uh, well, also happening Saturday at the Dome, uh, and what surprised a lot of Duke fans, they decided to burn Joey Baker's red shirt against Syracuse. They put him in there. 
to play in the game. He's expected to redshirt this season, and now he cannot. Yeah, I don't think that's really fair to him because he's he, he's lost the whole season. Um, and, you know, whatever happens after this, he, he, if, say, Zion does come back, you know what I mean, then he goes back to the bench and doesn't play anymore. I just don't think that that's really fair to him, to be honest with you. But, you know, let them do what they want to do. With Can he petition the NCAA and say, listen, I only got 30 seconds of the game or whatever and <laughs> get his redshirt back? Or is it done? It's done. Yeah, why would Krzyzewski do that? You got to win games, bro. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, Duke needed to beat Syracuse. That really yeah. mattered a lot on what. It did matter to him. And don't, don't take. You know, I saw him after the press conference, and he's very gracious and talks about the, the you know, how, how great of an atmosphere it is to play in the Dome and how much respect he has for Coach Bayon. But make no mistake, they wanted to win this game, especially because of how we beat them up at Duke. So. No, I, I wasn't speaking about whether it was a personal or as a team or pride. Or, I, I just think that had they lost to Duke – or have they lost to Syracuse and 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 won the other three games left? I think they're still a one seed or two at worst. I don't think it had a huge difference on any outcome for the team this year. And so to take a kid and and burn a year of his eligibility um, over playing thirty seconds and he may not play again the rest of the season it seems like a pretty I, high. Uh, I think he could probably plead hardship on. That. I don't think coaches are wired that way though. I think I think once that game goes, he's doing every. Every option he can to win the ball game. Yeah, well, I, I agree. Unfortunately, okay. okay, that's sad. The New York Yankees <laughs> have signed Aaron Hicks to a seven-year extension that will keep the outfielder under the contract through 2025. It is rumored to be worth seventy million dollars. And as crazy as that sounds, that's cheap, and it allows them ten million you, a year. Or something. Yeah, they keep doing that with these middle middle level guys. It's gonna have they're gonna have a lot of money for Aaron Judge with his contract. It's ten million a year. Bob Kraft spends that on massages. What are you talking about, Jesus? <laughs> hey. hey now. The funniest, <laughs> the funniest thing about that is like Aaron Judge is still only making five hundred thousand dollars a year right now. You know, yeah, but listen, ima- imagine if he dings fifty this year. When, when oh, he's gonna, he's gonna make a lot of money, but yeah, he sure Hicks is. is making more money than Aaron Judge. Something wrong with that. A Rod, Alex Rodriguez Who? made his A Rod <laughs> should be in A Rod. Now A Rod uh, made his Academy Awards debut last night as he escorted his lovely wife Jennifer Lopez down the red carpets. How J Lo can you go? What's this segment called? So yeah, what? I, I would so say what? so what. Today. <laughs> I would say so, so what. Say so yeah. what. <laughs> yeah. More exciting news about A Rod is that uh, one of these big cooking shows approaches my agent. And says, "Hey, what would it cost us for the for your charity of your choice to have all four Baldwin brothers come on and do a cooking competition again? So they'd be a team against. So evidently, A Rod is doing it with his family with J Lo, and so and so. Our answer back was, what do you pay an A Rod? You know, so I mean, <laughs> yeah, before right. before we put our foot in our mouth and say, you know, a hundred grand to my mother's charity." What are you paying A-Rod? So we can't get him to tell us that number. But if Jennifer's coming with him, you know that's a big ticket. So we, we, it, we The bigger news out of the Oscars last night is how mad everybody is about what won. Like the LA Times is already saying worst worst best picture ever. Oh, well, for Bohemian Rhapsody? No. The, oh, the, Green Book? Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah. I mean, I, I me personally, I, I really want a Black Panther to win. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, I thought it was fantastic for so many different reasons. I mean, you know, it. it, it I, I appreciate the acting, and but I, that wouldn't have been my choice. Spike I'll Lee tried like to that. walk out of the out of the out Did of he? the room. Yeah, 
He oh. was so mad he got up and walked out and then turned his back during the speech. All right. Uh, I didn't see all Finally. that. That's, I don't know if that that's was a lot. Right. That was the right move. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, you lose graciously. But Spike actually got off the schneid. He won yeah. for uh, adapted yeah. screenplay. So. That's a great movie, by the way. Yeah, Black Clansman? Cr- yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a great that. movie. All it right. Was. Finally, uh, for So What uh, and the study out of what Hold should on, be. Hold on, before you go. Is there a Spike movie, Lee movie you don't like? I, I Do the Right Thing is awesome. The The Son of Sam was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you ever the, see? The you, Black you, you, was awesome. You ever see what I write to him? If you look up, and it's probably about every three or four months. Did you ever work with him? No. So this is great. <laughs> so I'm with Danny Aiello. I've done a couple of movies with Danny, and I'm in in a restaurant in New York. And well, first it started because I'm at uh, I'm at a Knicks game. Me, Billy, and I think Alec are there. And uh, and so he's you know big time in it with Alec. I'm, I don't know Spike Lee. So he turns and leans over to me. He goes, "Hey man, I want to tell you something. I admire your family's work." He said, but you're the best actor in this family. That show you do, Homicide Life on the Streets, is my favorite show. He said, the depiction of African Americans in a positive light is such a responsible thing to do. It's not just the typical black drug dealer, you know, Yafa Koto, who was a groundbreaking African American actor in the 60s. That guy was playing leads in James Bond movies and stuff. Andre Brower, you know, some very talented, Clark Johnson. And these were guys that were were detectives on the right side of the law, and it broke ground in, 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 in this thing. So Spike goes, one day, I got to work with you. So, of course, this is back in, like, 1992. Still waiting on that call. <laughs> so, so, now, so now, when every every once in a while, I get on his Twitter and I go, hey, Mook, how long I got to wait? And I, just keep, I just keep writing the same thing. So I'm in a restaurant with Aiello. I, we were up. Uh, we were in New York. We just got done with a movie in Toronto. It's like last year. And Spike Lee walks in. So he walks over, and, and so I, I had told Danny the story, and he looks over at Spike, he goes, hey, what are you going to hire the guy or what? You know, because like, Danny knows it really well to do the right yeah. thing. I'm still waiting. I didn't get nothing. <laughs> nothing. Finally, in uh, what should be a study out of No Duh magazine, men are attracted to women primarily between the ages of 20 and 24, meaning no matter how old we get, we like women who are between 20 and 24. We we like women that are that eight that age that age window. Now women like men to be around their same age as they get older, but men that's weird. We right? like our women to be twenty and twenty four years old. That's a weird survey. The older men get, they are strongly attracted to women between twenty and twenty four. Uh, you know the song "Float On" by the Floaters. Yeah, you know that song, Polly. Yeah, float, float on, and the, it does this whole. It does this whole zodiac. All the guys that are in the band yeah, do yeah, the yeah, zodiac yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. At the very end, you hear Libra, and my name is Charles, and I love all the girls of the world. That's me, man. <laughs> That's you. That's me, you man. Got, yeah. so, I love all the girls of the world. I think at some point it gets a little creepy. Like, well, yeah, f- like look at Robert. Cr- like we talk about this. When do you stop being like needing it? Like, yeah, like why is Robert Kraft seventy seven? Like, just if I saw Polly walking here with a twenty two year old, I'm judging him. I'm sorry. He's yeah, almost just, 50 years old. Stop. <laughs> that was a call for. <laughs> stop, stop going to like like, like the, sleazy spas at yeah, 77. Like, Go anyways. play shuffleboard or something. All right, well, we'll come back and talk to Eton Thomas. So what brought to you by the so, by the Wildcat Sports Club and Camillus? cheesy tournament? Yeah, go play gone? backgammon or something. <laughs> Wildcat Sports Club and Camillus. Every day sunshine. When you said float on, I thought you were talking about Stetsasonic and the Force MDs. That's a real one. I don't put up my phone.
See, that's the generation difference. I think that's a Sonic. You the think genera- I'm a generation You're 10 years older than me. You're a grandpa. I'm a generation. Listen to this guy. Talking I don't know all, either Get of my friend Eton on. Talking all that jazz, Stetsasonic. You're talking it right now. God. <laughs> UNC, we're taking, we're hitting the road. We're heading down. Hey, you're not that far away from there in D.C., you know. Right, right. Um, Going to be playing UNC. You know, before the game, and this is, I, I, I've said it before, a pretty simple thing to say about most teams but when we're when we we know we can rise to the occasion at the level Syracuse has done so when the things are when the cylinders are all clicking right and i said before the game i said you know it really what it boils down to is are we going to shoot eight percentage points higher than we do and is our zone going to hold them to eight, eight percentage points less and next and that's a that equates to a four point game you know i mean pretty much any time we play anybody so what do we have to do, in your opinion, on the road at Carolina, a dangerous team, very, very powerful team, who won by twenty? You know, without without Zion, they 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 beat Duke by twenty, uh, a top a top ranked team. What do you what do you see as the as the to do list to start off with? Well, I think it it always starts with defense. I mean, one of the things that we that we saw in the in the Duke game was, you know, again, what we've talked about a lot of times on the show was a slow rotation. And for some reason, um, Alex O'Connell, he kept being wide open. He kept knocking down threes, and we kept rotating to him slower, just not getting there in time. Right. Um, and, you know, of course, R.J. Barrett is going to do what he does. I mean, he's a special player, number one or number two pick. But, you know, we Alex O'Connell, for him to be as good as a shooter as he is, he had too many open threes. That's right, exactly in, in, my, in my opinion. So, I mean, I think that's one. It, it all starts with defense. And then also, there's a few key key mistakes that we made down the stretch that we just can't make those. I mean, we're, we're, we're making a run. You know, we went to a, to a full-court press, and we got a turnover, you know, a couple times. There's just, there's just a few key mistakes. We can't get, lose the ball right in the middle of, of you know, half court and allow a wide open dunk. You know what I mean? And just certain bad shots. I mean, we, we have to make better plays, coming, especially down the stretch, if we're going to be quality team. Yeah, I think so, too. I think, uh, uh, the, uh, you know, every time I saw O'Connell get the ball, you know, in the second half, and there wasn't somebody, you know, they were three steps away from him. You know, I mean, it wasn't right. like we, we were contending that shot, which changes it dramatically. And he might not even shoot it if they're, if, if they're contending him. So, you know, that was a big factor. I mean, he hurt us badly. I mean, he's, I, he got 20 la- the other night, and he had 16 at Duke. He, he's not doing that against any other team in the country, really. Right. You know, so. right. So, yeah, they maybe if we get him a third time, they'll... Well, we talked, about, we talked about this... Uh, uh, earlier in the show, and and Paulie said, you know, we've got one down there. They got one up here. I would love to see them play in the ACC tournament. And I said, you know, I'd rather have them run into them in the sixteen or something like that. You know, like that would be to make it, you know, that deciding game in the series for this year. Because I think going into the tournament, um, you know, you you want to believe you can beat anybody. But I certainly think that if Duke is to meet Syracuse in the NCAA tournament this year. there's a lot more power in knowing that you're the higher-seeded team and you've already beaten them. The pressure's on Duke, for sure. Yeah, but the odds of that happening uh, two years in a row are very slim. I'm going going the only chance I get is it would be Final Four or ACC Tournament, which I hope it happens at the ACC Tournament. I'll take it in the Final Four. (laughs) 
I'll take the final four. Thank you. <laughs> I would take the final four happily. <laughs> yeah, no. I just want it to happen, and it's the right. odds of it happening are going to be at the ACC tournament. Yeah, there's a higher propensity for yes, it happening in the ACC tournament. What do we got to worry about? What, you know, I think, uh, um, I think that we, Paulie and I pointed out earlier that, you know, they're a pretty balanced team. They've got like six guys that can score 12. You know what I mean? I mean for sure. They, 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 they move the ball and shoot from all over the court. They're a better balanced team than, than pretty much anybody else they're going to play, them in Virginia. I mean, I definitely think they're a better balanced team. I mean, different guys are stepping up. I like the way the Dollar's Eye is playing. Um, I like his energy. I mean, I really like that pump fake going into the dunk. Uh, I thought that was really well. I mean, I, I, I like when we was driving and throwing a lob to Chuku. Yeah, me I too. think that's I a that. very high percentage play. And he's able to finish it. I jumped out my seat and all three times that he dunked it. I mean, I think that's a that's a very good play. You know, I think O'Shea needs to continue to take the ball inside. But we gotta we gotta get we gotta get some better play from Frank Howard. Um, he he's a he's a senior point guard. You know, I have a lot of respect for him and understanding what he went through when he got hurt and it's tough battling back. But you know, I don't want to you know just call every anybody out or anything like that. But he has to run the team when he's at that point guard spot. You know, when there's just certain things that just can't happen. He can't get ripped in the middle of half court coming down. Uh, you know, uh, that can't happen. It just can't. Uh, he, I, can't he, I can't say it enough. But, you know, Buddy's going to do well at times. He's, you know, he's a freshman. He's going to come in and shoot. He, he, he's going to be either kind of hot or cold. You know what I mean? He's going to come in. He's going to get open shots and knock him down. And, and, or, or he's not going to be into the flow of it. It's going to yeah. be kind of one or the other. He's world be free. You know, yeah, <laughs> but he's a freshman. That's what you, you kind of expect. But Tyus has to be Tyus. Is, that's is, what it is. Is there a point where Frank has to just, you know, and this is this late in the season to be saying this, is for him to say, hey, I'm a senior and <laughs> this has got to stop. And, you know, let those turnovers that he has at midcourt and, you know, getting ripped like that, he's a senior, right? I mean, it just can't happen. There's no other way I can say it. can't happen. You cannot get ripped at midcourt and you're the point guard, especially a senior point guard at a crucial point of the game. That just can't happen. Well, is he walking a little on? Is he tippy toeing a little bit right now? I mean, he was in the doghouse and Beheim delivered his message and, and had uh, Tyus bring the ball up and playing the point. And Tyus really isn't a point guard. Uh, he's just a, such a great athlete that he can get away with doing that. Right. Um, so, you know, is he is he a little is he is he a little uh, apprehensive? I don't know if it's apprehensive. Or I don't. I don't. I can't really put my finger on what it is. I mean, he's definitely not, you know, playing with the same level of confidence that he was playing with last year. Um, you know, and he's not executing as well as he was. But we. But since we've seen it, we know that he can do it. You know what I mean? It's not yeah, like he something needs you just, something to. To you know, solidify that. Maybe we send him down to Bobcraft for a weekend. Which <laughs> and, and, and to be fair, we're harping on him for that turnover. It was the only one he had in the game. So right, you know, right, well, right. yeah, but it's just it was just a crucial one. I'd yeah. rather have him have three turnovers in the beginning than have a crucial one like that down at that stretch. I mean, that the one turnover would you know overlap the three that he would have in the first half. That you know what I mean? Yeah, it was just yeah. it's just different, and that was because the momentum was shifting. You know, everything was changing, and then that one kind of let the air out of, out of the run that we were in. So that was like a, a crucial turnover. Before we let you go, uh, Orange Out was this past Saturday. What was it like for you to get together with all those guys again from, from the older days? 
Oh, it was fantastic. I mean, it was absolutely great. I mean, seeing all that, you know, I was there with my son, and he was like, wow. He was like, all these fans really show all y'all so much love. And then he said, you know, no offense, Dad, but you played a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? And they still show all of y'all love. I was like, yeah, you know, Syracuse fans, I mean, Derek said it on the panel. He was like, "Our, our fans are like the best in the country. You know, you don't see that level of appreciation um, from fans. And we could go anywhere in the country and run into Syracuse fans, anywhere in the world. You know what I mean? You could yeah. be in London, you see somebody and they have a Cuse hat and they yell at you from across the airport. You know what I mean? It's just that level of, of appreciation, and it's great. So everything that happened this weekend was fantastic. And great seeing all the guys, Sherman Douglas and, you know, D.C. and Billy Owens and Lawrence Moulton. And, you know, it, it, was, just, it was just fantastic. So, you know, we have to say that we're not in this position of being former Syracuse stars and NBA stars, but we, I came into the boys and I started shooting my mouth off about your son, and I go, the kid, he, you know, he, he's already got the height, you look at the gene pool, you know, I mean, he's from the lineage, and so Paulie immediately goes, let's hope he plays for Syracuse. <laughs> is, there, is, there, is there any of that in you? Like, I mean, I mean, or is there, is there, you know, is the alma mater a factor in it for you? Oh, of course. <laughs> you know, of course. I mean, me and my wife, you know, are, are, are Syracuse graduates. It's, it's, in our, it's in our blood. No pressure for him or anything. He wants to go. But, of course, it, it, it's in our blood. So, you know, he has a whole lot of Syracuse gear every time we come up here. So it's, it's you know, it's, it's special. And it's special to be able to bring him up there. And, you know, I could take him to there. We're doing a tour all across campus, taking him to South Campus, taking him to, you know what I mean, Gold State, everything. And it's, it's, just, it's just great. That's beautiful. Man. Does he get his? I know I want to ask you. Can he get his head around about how like you're the all time shot block leader and you know like what it means, like what you did in your career, even lasting as long as you did in the NBA? Well, he he does, but the game is so different. So you know he he's not a, a, a big man, traditional big like the way that I played. We're kind of like the dinosaur. You yeah. know what I mean? That that position doesn't really exist anymore. So now big men play completely different. So it, it's so yeah he he understands it but it's it's a different game do you know what I mean if that makes sense yeah it's more of a you know in, in centers of past um, you know it's they all want to be Elijah Wan with a three point shooter exactly and, and yeah. Coach Bayon would have snatched me out so quick if I shot a three <laughs> I mean it's just not that's just not what I was there to do you know what I mean my job was to block shots rebound play physical in the post and dunk it hard. You know what I mean? When right. I get it. And it's just it's just different now. The game is just different. Yeah, I wish it was the old way. Yeah, I like the old way. <laughs> yeah, me too. Hey, Ton, good talking to you, brother. God bless you. All right, bless you too. Take care. We'll be right back. Uh, t- uh, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon that could shoot three-pointers would be pretty hard to beat. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's funny because when they have the, the talks about the greatest centers of all time, I've always said I've never seen a center be able to do what Olajuwon did, ever. Uh, he's my favorite of all time, my favorite center. We'll be right back after this. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. This hour of the Daniel Baldwin Show brought to you by Awara Vineyards. Still haven't had our double date there yet. We got a double date going on. It's going to start. I'm going to run to the bank. You're already delaying our trip. No, that's not true. I asked you whether I should go to the bank first by myself or you wanted to go together. Your response immediately that was, hey, why don't you run down the bank so I can get some stuff done? Which meant you had some things you had to get done here anyway before we were going. You're always delaying. <sighs> always your world. <laughs> then, then, You're like then the pa- sun. Everything then, revolves around you. Then, pa- then pa- well, I'm glad you realized that. It's about time. <laughs> then Paulie then adds into that. He goes, 
You know, we could take separate trucks. <laughs> yeah, that'd be easier. Just FaceTime each other. <laughs> that'd be easier for you guys. Just to hey, is that separate. you up there? Yeah. That'd be so nice. It'd be nice if you went just... You know, is this delaying any of the flights out of the, out of town to the game? Yeah, I would think so. I, right? I, I, I think wind. it's affecting travel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, would would they look at a wind advisory and throw them all on a bus and drive them no. down? There? No, no, they'll, they'll leave they'll, now. They'll, yeah, they'll leave now or <coughs> they'll leave after one or the other. You know, so they could fly out day yeah. of. Yeah, uh, yeah, but they'll they'll get out today. Beheim's not getting on a bus <laughs> for nine <laughs> hours. Yeah, just yeah. old school well, no, bussing they, it down. Oh, that oh, yeah, that's I'm gonna get on that bus. Lobdell, Lobdell dropped out on us. He was coming down the trip with us. I hope you're listening out there, Vinny. I can put this high and dry now. I'll buy you a Greyhound ticket if you want to go by yourself. (laughs) No, no, man. The way to do it, the way to do it is the way Madden did it. Get a big RV that has the big screen TV, the satellite dish, and let someone drive you while you're just, you got a kitchen in there. Do you know what I do for that? Like, they're not going to, nobody's doing that for Pauly Sebelia. You that know, game day bus that came here and went was, was pretty dope. Yeah, that's oh. what I'm talking about. Oh, that would be no, that you could travel. Do you have around any on. concept Listen. of the difference between engineer in Syracuse than game okay, day? So, 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 so there's yeah, but even game day. So if you Google this right now, mm-hmm. take a look at this. Okay, Google marathon. Okay, marathon, and then the next word prevost. P R E V O S T. Hit this. It's a yeah. company in Oregon. Yeah, I know take, this. But look, take a look at theirs. Yeah, that's what so the, all they, the rock star they, drive they, around. They, they've got they've got RVs that are four million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> you go in there and it's nicer than any home I've been. I mean, it's amazing. If they traded out for one of those for me, it would cover the next seventeen engineers at Syracuse basketball's salary. I mean, people would have to work for free. But, but that's where that's where you got to be innovative. So the way to play that. Is that we get something that's going on, you know, filming wise or whatever. So we get the production company, or if we get enough viewership, you get Marathon to say, hey, we got one that's four years old. We'll let you use it. You know, that's how you get that product placement thing going on. You know, I like to be alone in a small little car by myself listening to podcasts about criminals and ghosts. Yeah. It's kind of what I like. That's what you're going to do. The cheapest coach I can get right now, I've got to go all the way back to 2004. And I can get one for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's the cheapest. The cheapest of the marathons. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The Prevos. Yeah, yeah the, that's pre-owned. I'd have to work three hundred and fifty years. <laughs> <laughs> I can, you the know top what? side about three mil. If you want to go right now, three mil brand new. Yeah, three four. Well, you mil. go in there, you get to pick out your colors and mm-hmm. the furniture, and they they just put the whole thing together. But I mean, they're no joke. No joke. You know I, that's my dream. It's been my dream since I was a kid to live out of an RV or a van and just. I me told around. Robin she, we were talking about where to live and everything. I said, "Why don't we just take a year off? You know, because you can put one of these on a ship on a on a giant yeah, cruise yeah, ship." Yeah, yeah. So I thought, let's go to Europe and let's just drive around. Mm-hmm. Just drive around, stop wherever you want. You get a full, beautiful bedroom and kitchen, and just let's do it. Go on tour, the, the mole tour, live with the mole. I just want to be in a log cabin. In the woods by myself, mm-hmm. nobody around. It sounds so planning nice. those mail bombs. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Exactly. No Daniel Baldwin, no Josh Grossman. He just he, is secretly he's full of love, though, isn't he? Somewhere? I don't know if he is. I'm trying to get. To I know. That. I'm kind of starting to deteriorate. To be alone mean I don't love people? No, it's just I don't like people. <laughs> any of them any of them that's yeah it. i would just like to be alone in the woods why don't you write books why don't you do something that you know that you could service that and and then what just am go I gonna write it? about 
I don't know. Help, and then the real a nasty, weird'll... foul old man. I don't know. What... <laughs> the real weird will flow out if I'm <laughs> yeah, starting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you wrote down his thoughts, oh. it would be being the little dog hey, Toto. He'll start writing weird erotica mm. books out yeah, in the woods. Yeah, no, it would probably it. be like Sasquatch what erotica. Time, what time is the good game on today? Mm-hmm. I could really go for a cheese platter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pepperoni and cheese. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I made an amazing dinner last night for my friends. Amazing dinner last night. Which yeah. one was it? Yeah. I made a full uh, turkey, and I put a um, a jalapeno chili jelly on the skin of the turkey. I, I uh, melted it down and made the jelly, uh, and then put it in butter and kept brushing the chicken, the uh, turkey rather, with Brush it. The Brush, the <laughs> Brush the chicken. Brush the chicken. Brushes the chicken. He brushes it. Uh, let's see what else did I make. I made, you ever had a pom-pom mushroom? A pom-pom mushroom is a big, kind of almost looks furry um, and, and and it's very thick, meaty mushroom. <laughs> and so I took these, and they look like a pom-pom on the end of a, uh, um, yes, the thick, meaty mushroom. <laughs> um, so they, they look like... I'm a child. It won't, it won't matter. The two of them are just going to... So, and I did a, uh, a, a basil pesto, a garlic basil pesto sauce on these mushrooms. I pan fried them and then put them in the, and baked them with a, um, with the pesto sauce and let's see, what else did I make? I had a big uh, old bottle of bowl of ramen and a glass of whiskey. I had a, a garlic, onion, sausage stuffing in the turkey uh, that I also, of course, made. I had Moe's. Um, <laughs> of course you It did. was National Tortilla Chip Day. Oh, well, you got it. You'd be rude to not honor that, Polly. <laughs> and I took new potatoes mm-hmm. and pan fried them with some garlic. And then I put... Uh, um, sauteed shrimp big giant shrimp over the top of those with broccoli garnish do your kids eat all this stuff yeah they got a cup of queso the cup did you yeah you had a cup of queso that was your you went above and beyond on that queso wow all right all right let's go to break josh gonna play josh's closing music goodbye no i don't care all right we'll be right back hey this is Daryl strawberry and you listen to the daniel baller show this is anthony munoz Hi, this is Bruce Smith. Hi, this is Cornelius Bennett. Jim Kelly, you're listening to Daniel Baldwin's show. Hi, it's Dean King. This is Chris Berman, a.k.a. The Swami. I am predicting that you are listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is The Daniel Baldwin Show. A woman on the radio. Talks and we're back. And so, as I was talking uh, in the first hour about making this um, <clears throat> this dinner. Seth, you uh, prepared a gourmet uh, um, <laughs> dinner I yourself. Go, I wouldn't go that far. I just made a far? very good dinner. I, uh, I had some veal cutlets. I breaded them up, threw them in a frying pan, and had some very, very good veal cutlets, some string beans with them. What kind of sauce? Fit. Just No, I just went, I just had them plain. I, I've made them like veal parm before. Right. Yeah. But I was... You I have done a I marsala just, sauce. Uh, I, no, I'm... Yeah. Did you get I'm, a little lispy right look, there I'm with the marsala sauce? I'm a plain eater, so I I went plain last night. Sometimes I'll go parm, but no condiments ever. Is that what I'm getting out of you? Not much, like ketchup. But that's about it. So was this you, you did you did this with yours for yourself, or were you yeah, entertaining? No, it was just, no, it was just myself. I had it was a it was a Sunday. I wasn't doing much. I had more time to like you? make dinner, and I did. what's that? What are we paying you that you're getting veal cutlets by yourself? Can't afford veal. Let me tell you something. Mo's. He wisely invests his money. He has entrepreneurial things that he's up to. I mean, I, I ate Moe's last night. Now I'm going to have to eat ramen the rest of the week to survive. Now, 
Did you say you had a cup of queso or something? Ramen uh, as you're at the wheel, right? You don't have time to stop. That's right. I treated myself to some queso last night. (laughs) (laughs) Treat yourself. This is a journey into sound. A journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new values. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Loud noises! Please shut this is Sounding Off with Polly Sebelia. You're darn tootin' it is. Did you know that the Knicks won for the first time in 18 games in the Garden last night? And getting the ovation from the fans. The longest home losing streak in franchise history comes to an end. Yeah, they were going with the dubious distinction of losing 19 consecutive, which would have topped the NBA record. December 1st was the last victory. You know, of all the childhood teams, and I was the traditional New York kid, um, I was a Yankee fan, a New York Giants fan, a Knicks fan, and a Rangers fan. Up come the the upstart New York Mets, and early on, it's very rare for a, a new team in the league uh, within the first decade to win a World Series, and, and the Mets did that. Um, so I had to listen to all the people now in New York that were that were Mets fans. Um, the New York Nets had Julius Irving. They won titles in their league. They played on Long Island, which is where I was born and raised. Um and then, of course, comes this new hockey team called the Islanders who win four Stanley Cups in a row. And you're a Ranger fan and you have to listen to this noise again out on the island about who's the best hockey team and blah, 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 blah. One of the things I never could understand fully, the mecca of basketball, even the people around the country that play on the West Coast, usually do not argue that playing in Madison Square Garden, and besides 1973, we can't... Get, you know, get a team that goes to the finals, for God's sake. It's a hell of a marketing job. God, but but I'm just... I'm, w- it's a nice place to it visit. Is, but it's kind it's of... a hell of a marketing job. They, they named themselves the world's most famous arena, and everybody latched onto it, and it is. Well, I think that part of that has to do with the fact that um, it's an island that's 13 miles long and three and a half miles wide, and during rush hour has 14 million people on it. So it is the highest concentration in the smallest area in the United States. Uh, it's the second largest city in all of North America behind Mexico City and the largest in the United States. So there's some reasons why it's it's the place to play because it has the highest number of, of people that can afford that ticket to come to a game. But what I'm getting at is I just can't understand how they haven't been able to put together some teams with the amount of money that's generated playing in New York and with the size of the city, I mean, they just suck year in and year out. It's so hard to be a Knicks fan. It Knicks really fans is. were devastated by the win. They were devastated by the win. They wanted the, they wanted the, the record tank. to continue. They're the tank. Samuel L. Jackson announced the Knicks victory at the Oscars. Last I heard night. I heard that. Um, first of all, Spike, so glad you're sitting down. Um, after 18 consecutive home losses, the Knicks won tonight. I repeat, the Knicks won tonight, defeating San Antonio 130 to 118. 
Did you hear the chick laugh? I love the stifled laughter. It was kind of a little bit of a Betty Rubble that had that sound in there. 130 also. I mean, they scored 130 points. And the one time Spike's not there. Right. <laughs> right. They win. So. Yeah, that's crazy. And uh, this news broke while we were on the air last week, but here's an actual news report about it. That would be Mr. Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots? Yes, sir. And what is he being charged with? He's being charged with the same offenses as the the others, and that is soliciting another to commit prostitution. And how many accounts may he face? Uh, right now we have two. So that would be two separate incidences or visits to the Orchids of Asia Day Spa, or one visit with multiple charges from that one visit? Uh, two different visits. What are, the charges? what are the charges? Again, I'll repeat, soliciting another to commit prostitution. Is there video evidence of his alleged acts? Uh, yes, sir. For, for all the individuals being charged. Okay, so... So, uh, you know, is this going to look like, a, you know, a McDonald's or a, a Burger King drive-thru? Yeah, I'll have two fries. I'll have, I mean, does he walk in and say what he wants? Does he walk in and say, I want the girl? You know, because there's, this is going to be the gray area that they're going to argue is that he thought he was coming in for a massage, you know. But if he turns around and says, you know, can I have the... Uh, what if they've got video of him, like, in they, the act? That's in the what act. I think they have. Okay, well, that's I don't mean like I don't mean like that's way different in. because the judge can seal that, but they can't. They can't. It's public record. So if they enter that as evidence, you know what? I'm gonna just go out and say this. There's a lot that you want people to uncover. Right, I right. have no interest in, in having... They should allow... Like, I have no interest in that video getting published. So. They should allow a couple people in the media to view it, and then. That's it. Burn it. Well, and don't you know, do one of those courtroom drawings of it either. Right, right. Yeah. Seriously. Get the guy who drew Brady all funny to draw that yeah, out. No, thank you. You know, I had an interesting conversation with the great Ed Levine, owner of Galaxy Media, and uh, and we talked about the subject, and it was interesting, his take on it, because I didn't see this coming, and I think he may be right. You know, the NFL has had, um, and, and Roger Goodell you know, these are people in the NBA, you know, um, when and he was wrong, uh, Donald Sterling, in making a racist comment. But they forced him to sell that team. I mean, he did not want to sell the Clippers. And, and they forced him. The league did force him out. I cannot imagine if this and they're going to blow this up now. If there's video of him having sex, you know, with with now and, and I'm not please, please follow the ball here. I'm not judging him in any way he's going to have to deal with these demons himself what i am going to say though is had this been a girl who had a video and planted a camera with him in a hotel room or at his home or some but the fact that he went into a street really kind of sleazy place according to how they're describing it it wasn't it's some, like you know strip mall right it was next to the dollar general right it's a, it's a you know and he does and, and he is bob craft and 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 makes it that just walking in this place carries a certain um a tag to it so i would not be surprised and i tweeted out anybody want to buy an nfl team you know because because they they could make him st for sure step down as ceo of the team um what might be interesting that ed pointed out is it might be time for his son to step in and fill those shoes. I have a strange suspicion that because of the nature of this crime and how publicly irresponsible he was about it, um, there may be a move from the NFL to make him step down. There might.
I don't want to. I don't want to see that video. I'm still now that Seth's got that stuck in my I don't head. Wanna, big... I, that's not a video. That's not a video I want to see popping up on Deadspin. And finally, <laughs> a man in Florida is in trouble because his dogs called 911 16 times. 911, what's the address of emergency? Hello. Hello, 911. Now, how did they call? I don't know. I don't know, but apparently the his landline? dogs called 16 consecutive times to 911. Did they send uh, uh, anybody out to check it out? I know. That Maybe the police. A, the police probably thought there was like a dead body or something in there. That would have yeah. been a great story if the dogs actually called to help anybody. Nope, they were just bored. I like to see that video. Could your dogs the dog do that? Dialing nine one one. That would be great. Could your dogs uh, do that? No, like but then again, phone? but then if there was an emergency at the house, I have a theory. I don't know what my dogs would really do if you walked in and just started acting friendly. But I will say this. If you have the guts to walk by, because when those you come to the door, those dogs look like they are going to tear your head off. One of them's over 200 pounds, the other one's 170. And if you wanted to come into that house, you earned anything you could take. If you got by those dogs, <laughs> you should go head upstairs and have at it. You know what I mean? Because uh, I wouldn't walk in a house with those dogs. Uh, Rufus looks like he's going to kill somebody. So that concludes our sounding off for the day. That's just the way it is. It is sounding off. We're going to talk about... Uh, a very interesting scenario that took place with Luke Walton and the Lakers, uh, and I'd like to uh, talk about you and see what we're, you know and, and the game and the trip that we're going to take. But let's also talk a little bit about beyond UNC and what uh, what we we have to do to take care of business to move into this tournament. And, and and it's also nice to get into the tournament with a little momentum and feeling good about yourselves. You know what I'll take this year is not having to watch Selection Sunday and worry about whether they're getting in. You know yet. what I'll take? Not having to be at Tuesday of the ACC tournament. Yes, that'd be nice too. Right. Which they can't be. It's not possible. Yeah. Right. Well, that's good. But won't it be nice to go into a Selection Sunday for the first time in three years and... Not worry about not, whether they're getting in or not. Not stand in the Mellow Center waiting to hear if there's a roar from the back room. Yeah, you just need to, you just need to relax on a selection Sunday. That'd be nice. Worrying about who we're going to draw in the play-in. <laughs> <laughs> Paulie doesn't have to jump in his car right away. We well, that's still could well, happen. he might. <laughs> but we but we would be excited to not you know just to know you're going to go into it knowing your name's going to be. Where's the ACC tournament? Charlotte. I hope you know you're going. I was going to say we're going that right. Yes, you are. Okay, and then uh, are we doing a road trip, or they finally put me on the team you're, plane? You're on the pl- you're on your own plane. I'm on my own plane. You're flying commercial. I, I hope they're in like San Jose the first no. weekend. I'll meet you down there, but you're going down with uh, other people from the company. Tim's going to engineer all the broadcasts, so it'll be good. What are we doing for the for the uh, uh, for March Madness? Are we going? Don't God. know yet. We gotta go. Well, it depends on where you get, end up. <sighs> I hope you have to drive to San Jose. <laughs> You'd love that right at the end. He's going to leave a week before. I'd leave the moment it's announced. <laughs> He'd leave right I'll have my announced. bags packed. Well, see, if I go with you to that. You know what? San Jose is too not... good. What if they go to, what if they go to like, <laughs> Drake? No. What if, what if they comes. go to Drake? They're in Des Moines, Iowa for a weekend. That's only a 15-hour drive. But but, oh I, but if we had to go to San Jose, we I could do not, a full road trip no. cross-country together? No. That sounds... But it's too much. I am driving three days with you in a car. Why? No. <laughs> no, I can barely take you for two hours a day here. I'm not doing three hours in a car. Terrible. You didn't have a fun trip when we were on the car and we went on the last trip? Yeah, that. but that one had an end to it. This one would be six <laughs> days in a car. 
You don't want to spend six days in a car with him either. I, I love, promise. I love, Paulie. No, you I don't. love having phone them open the doors while we're driving and freaking them out. I would drive off. I would drive us into the Grand Canyon. <laughs> You're bad at geography. You make it sound like it was so bad to be in that car together. I would smash us into Mount Rushmore, whatever we pass. I'm, wow. Yeah, I'm what thinking are, yeah, what San, are we going by? Polly, I'm thinking San Jose to Anaheim. What do you think? How do you feel about that? I would love it. San Jose to Anaheim is a short drive. Yeah. yeah no, I'm just, I'm just saying he, he's going to be gone for like a month. But that would be nice. I like I like the road trip together. I have to get together with Ed and talk to him about it. <laughs> Ed, tell you, you have to try. That was so great. You know he would, Ed, Yeah, I go, Ed, he's flipping Why don't you do that? Yeah, tell sounds him, good. Tell him it sounds good. You really want that. <laughs> tell him it sounds good. So Paul, Paul's going to wear big earmuffs and a headset on. <laughs> blinders. So he, he, would tell you, he would tell you, hey, we're leaving at 8. Paul, would get on the road at 7. <laughs> right, exactly. I need that. Gets he would, he would leave you in Des Moines as he's going halfway across the country. Well, the, speaking of which, we're going to come back. We're talking about Bill uh, uh, um, uh, Walton being left. Uh, in, in at the Pelicans game. Did you hear this story? No. You didn't hear this? So the team gets on the bus, and they turn around, they go, and they drive like five blocks down, and, and Walton walks out of the arena. He's not on the bus with the team. Not they the left him. Not the first L.A. coach to get left somewhere. They left <laughs> Whoa. They left him they left there. Want to talk about how that felt? Oh, you've been had. What happened? You've been had. What do you mean? Fake news. Didn't happen? Yahoo Sports and everybody's reporting that didn't happen. Lane oh, Kiffin got left. No, got hacked? no uh, Yahoo reported oh, it no. and then corrected it. Oh, well, guess what? No story. Let's go to break. We'll be right back <laughs> after this. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey, now. And we're back and we're talking about all kinds of stuff going on right now. But, uh, so. The update that you gave me about Luke Walton was that it was fake news. So actually, it's not fake news. I got another update about it. What happened was the team bus left and did indeed leave him there. He caught the second bus that the Lakers supplied, but it's not the bus that he normally rides on. So they left him there. They left him there. And this is a... I, I, I promise you, had this been new information coming in, what do you got? Anything hot off the press? This hour of the Daniel Baldwin Show is brought to you by Mattress Express, home of the number one bed, home of the <laughs> home of the number bed by Instant Comfort. Thank you. That's what I was. Oh, it's a number bed. You got to like push in your number for firmness or yeah, something. Yeah, and you can have each one of you have your own separate number. Wow, how many people does that include? It's like a zoo in there. <laughs> <laughs> I think little... it's only two. Oh, it's, it's only not two. Robert Kraft's bed. Wow, you're just going to jump in the bandwagon with me with Robert Kraft jokes now? I like it. I like it. Uh, so, so yeah, so the update that I got from uh, uh, the incredible Bulk Hogan uh, is that he did indeed miss Oh, the- there's a guy you trust as your news, your secret source is Bulk Hogan. You don't like Bulk Hogan and his research work? Tommy, come in here. I want to know where he got his research from. Bulk, come on in. I Tell us what's going on. You he's- Listen, he is... So he got on like the... The the secondary bus with like the so then like we'll the turn management bus. Live. First of all, he's questioning. You, well, know, you see, gonna, I got your back, right? When I go to sources, t- Tommy Hogan isn't exactly my. See here, I, I'm as a producer, I'm here to make the hosts and co-hosts look as good as possible. So I did my research while you guys are talking about of course. it. He there was two buses. He missed the first one, and the second one came and picked him up. Now, 
correct me if I'm wrong, you're the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. You normally ride with the team on the first bus. You would assume so. I, would. I, think that, I think that theory makes sense. I'm not sure if that's... I don't Where have confirmation. Get- My sources aren't telling me if that's true or not, a, but I, I would assume... So- did you go with a personal source? Did you, did you, did you go through your, your, your plethora of... Of online access. This specific source wanted to re- remain anonymous. <laughs> you made this up. <laughs> it was Yahoo. I just blew Yahoo in. Sorry. Well, they're the one that screwed the story up. Yeah, originally. and then their update had had it. Two hours later, they updated it. I don't think that this story broke, and there's, this sounds this makes sense to me. But again, I'm going to say, so we're getting on the bus, and we're, let's not go as big as the Lakers. And we're with the Syracuse basketball team. See, he did not miss the bus. He stayed later at the arena and caught the later bus. My question, why does a basketball team of 12 to 15 players have two buses? Because they've got team doctors, and then they probably bring baller fans with them. Baller fans, yeah. Yeah, like people that spend a lot of money. So so here comes the orange. Uh, They've showered. They've beaten UNC. uh, And they're getting ready to get on the bus to go to the airport. And there's two buses coming. And Coach Beheim decides to stay for a half hour later. Because he wants to do a couple more interviews. Oh, here's your choices. A, tell the bus driver to pull the bus over and wait until I get out. B, I'm going to get on the second bus. C, I'll figure it out after I'm done. Um, I'm going to bet <laughs> that they're going to wait on the bus if Coach Beheim is going to be a little later. That's what I'm going to tell they you. They would have the authority. Yeah, but like that would come down from the coach, and I think that's what happened here. I'm guessing Luke Walton said, hey, I'm not catching the first And I'm bus. guessing LeBron James said, let's go. I want to get to the plane. That's what I, that's what I think they're going they with the story. They weren't going to the plane. They were going back to the hotel for the day. Or whatever they were going to go. I think that um, we're, we're, we're continuing the internal struggle that is the Lakers right now. Luke Walton wasn't as interested in Bourbon Street as the rest of them. He, he could take 30 minutes out of his time on Bourbon Street. You know, I think whether or not, you know, how much truth and everything, uh, the point that's being made is Jeannie Buss stepped up uh, just a couple of weeks ago and said, no, we are not making any move with Luke Walton. Um, And I think that that part of that was a a bit of a message to LeBron that, you know, yeah, you know, you've had power before, but make no mistake about it. This is my team. It was my father's team. I run the team. Um, And which wasn't the original arrangement, actually, with the Lakers. Um, What happened was... Um, when Dr. Buss passed away, uh, Jeannie and her brother were running the team, and it was—it it just wasn't working out, you know. So she had a lot, uh, a lot more knowledge about basketball operations, and was closer in, in as far as the Lakers were to her father than her brother was, and so she uh, absorbed his voting power and pretty much runs the team with with advisors and stuff um, uh, by herself. Um, it should be very interesting. I would be willing to bet. And when I say willing to bet, I usually don't like to bet on things I'm not going to win. I'd be willing to bet Luke Walton is gone at the end of the season. Um, I don't think that would be any surprise to anyone. Um, the question is, uh, and there was an interesting thing brought up by uh, Scotty Pippen, who said that the Zen master himself would bring this team. Can you imagine if he comes back out? Now, he had a relationship with Jeannie for a while. Uh, so can you imagine if he comes out? Comes out of retirement? Phil? No. No shot? No. No shot he takes on LeBron and the Lakers for like a three-year deal to see if he can get him in? No. No chance. No chance. Couch locked in Montana. The Zen Masters couch locked in his house in Montana. You know what, though? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there, there's there's something about being in the mix. There's something about being in the game, the juice that comes from that. And, uh, uh, you know, 
I, I don't think it would be that far fetched for him to do like a four year. He does, especially if he takes him to it, you know, you know, gets him gets him up there and they, and they bring a couple of bodies in there. He'd he'd probably want some guarantees as to players they're going to get. But uh, oh, man, Lakers making the playoffs? No. You don't think play, so? Uh, this year are they making the playoffs? Yeah, they got two th- teams in front of them and they're three games back, three and a half back of yeah, the no, spot. No, twenty-five to go, twenty-three games. They got to gotta go. jump the Clippers and the Sacramento. Kings. And the Clippers sold off at the deadline, and they're still a playoff team. They, they, they traded their best player. Do the Lakers sign LeBron or uh, <laughs> uh, um, uh, yes, Carmelo? They do. Carmelo. The Lakers will sign. Are LeBron. they going to sign Carmelo with, uh, you know, now in this next week? Uh, the, no, I, I think they're done. They're not going to make any changes. No, I hope so. There's a couple of guys that they could still sign that wouldn't that that uh, um, they could to improve that team. I think as they are right now, oh gosh, you know they they could sneak in as an eight. Three games back. I think they will. I'm saying no. I'm saying no. That's they tough. don't make the playoffs. I'll lose this bet too. But. <laughs> All right, I'll bet you that one. You're gonna take the Kings and the Clippers over LeBron led Lakers. You got you got to take two teams falling three games. Well, Twenty three to big. go. That's not bad. You got LeBron I mean, James. That means that means if the he won't allow it. He's been in the finals eight years in a row. There's no way he's gonna now drop all the way to missing the playoffs. No, I don't. I don't think it's gonna happen. He could will them to. Yeah, he could will them. He's to not himself. in the East anymore, man. That's true. Can't spell West without the EST, baby. You know what I'm talking about? No, no, I don't. You don't get that. <laughs> he doesn't get that. EST is the abbreviation in French for East. So yes. can't spell West without that. It's also Easter Standard Time, but... Thank you. No. You actually can't spell East without the E-S-T either. (laughs) Very good point. (laughs) Very good point. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Doesn't that look like John Lovitz? No. It doesn't look like John Lovitz. No. Who is it? But I said it was John Lovitz. You did not see John Lovitz in there. We're back, you know. I know we're back. I can still talk about John Lovitz while we're back. So we're doing one monster truck segment, and we're going to... Uh, I was going to do two uh, shorter segments here. We... Why would you want to do that? I don't know. Well, are you ready to hit the road? Well, we got we got a road trip coming, and uh, um, I got to run to the bank. I got to knock out some stuff at the bank just down the street. So we go to the bank together. I'm going to go see Big Steve, get that done, and then we're going to go to the bank together. So you can knock out what you have to do here in yeah, like just two minutes? Yeah, if not, we'll figure it out. Well, it's compelling to talk about our big plans. Our big plans about going now, to the bank. Bre- have you eaten breakfast? No, I haven't eaten a thing. I'll you want to stop here for lunch or you want to road dog? No, I want to get on the road. We're not getting until like 9 o'clock, 9.45 as it is now. So. And we're staying back at the Marriott in uh, in Durham. In Durham again. Mm-hmm. I like that Marriott. It's lovely. They have the whole team thing set up. You come you come in the hotel. It was very funny. You come in and they've set up, you know, I mean, it's a Division One college basketball team and a powerhouse, so... They've got the nice stuff all in. So I just start walking towards it. And this lady, this guy, just guy and this lady, here, the lady put her hand up, and then she goes, "This is for the basketball team. You can't yeah, touch get it." Get lost, loser. Yeah, totally. Threw me in the back of the bus. Rosa Parks Baldwin. It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. Why would they do that to me? Do they not know that I know Polly the Mole and that I drove all the way down here? Now I, I okay. <clears throat> there's a there's a a fine line in the. Um, in the cutting edge of comedy versus doing a show versus life, you know, in that old adage that in every joke, there's some portion of, of reality to it or truth to it or whatever. You know, you'll hear people say that Robin always says it to me because if I say something, you know, off the cuff to her, that's, 
in any way has a, a negative innuendo to it. She goes, you must really mean that. You must really think that. Um, if I thought that way about all the jokes I crack, I would be a horrible human well, that's being. A, that's, that's, that, well, there's the, there's the thing. So, so all kidding aside, do you really distaste taking the trips together or, or, or just taking a trip with anybody? It's with anybody. It's with it's anybody. It doesn't matter. Not just you. Yeah. It's like, I, it's my moment of, it's like my alone time. Well, see, now that's an interesting thing to look at because it gets me out of the, it's the only time I'm really out of the office, but maybe that's a bigger part of, of the, it's not to elude work, but maybe that's a bigger part of the whole don't want to fly thing because you do like that self-reflecting quiet time for yourself. And that if you had to fly, you would obviously lose that. No, no. (laughs) I I just don't like to fly. Not even a second of contemplation. No, no, no. It's not even losing that because- I would have that time home alone at night afterwards. But it's do you ever just, do yoga? No, never done yoga. Do you ever do any kind of meditation work or you know Dalai Lama incense? Some you know Yanni music playing. No, um, no interest. No, nothing. Yeah. You just go to the world of poly. Yeah, I like to sit in the car and listen to music. It's very nice for me. And podcasts about uh, death and murder. True crime. Yeah. I could go to those, man. I'm a big first 48 guy. Yeah. I've been listening to the Serial Killer podcast lately. Now, where they break down what serial killers do. Man, have you ever met a serial killer? No. No. At least Seth Goldberg, maybe one, but I haven't met met a serial killer. (laughs) No. I met a serial killer. I interviewed him. I talked to him, Robert Hansen. Nope. Yeah. We got to get another break out of the way. Why do I do that when I'm about to take you into the eyes of a serial killer? Hanson was famous, the Alaska's most notorious killer. He uh, had a pilot's license and he was a big game hunter. And he would fly in with a seaplane, pick up a prostitute, drug her, put her in his car, bound her, gag her, put her on the plane, fly back out to a remote cabin that he landed on a lake like 400 miles away from uh, Anchorage where he was kidnapping these prostitutes. He would then rape them and torture them. This and is then, a sports show. It is, and I'm telling you, well, it's a big game hunting story, so hang on a second. It gets into sports in a second with how sick this man was. Then he would um, put them in a pair of boots with no clothes on and send them out and tell them you got 30 minutes to run and then I'm going to hunt you. And he would go out and hunt them down. Jeez. Yeah, this guy was really twisted and sick. I mean, he was really bad. Well, now we got to take the final break. So Let's take the final break and we'll come back with more. Now we're done. Now we got to Now we're just going to go into it. Keep talking about it. Well, no, now let's, uh, I will be ready to go here in a couple minutes. I'd like to thank our sponsors, (laughs) Aware of Vineyards and Mattress Express for the show today. And we will see you all Tomorrow from Durham, North Carolina. Do you want to know anything more about Hanson? No.